morning. You're glad that God can not only handle your neighbor's struggles, your neighbor's pain, your neighbor's heartache, but he can also handle yours too. Just think about that for a moment. I call my mother every morning. Every morning I call my mother. And every morning she has to click off from my sister's conversation. Before my sister calls, she has to click off from my brother's Frankie's conversation. And while I'm talking, she has to click off from me to talk to Simon. And then the same thing happens with Stacy because here it is. She can't talk to us all on the phone at the same time. Right there on Draycott Avenue, I can talk to God. And I'm confident that while he's listening to me, at the same time, he's listening to you. And God has a way, and I, I might be saying this for me and not for you, but that's all right because we have a church. Uh, he makes me feel like I'm the only one in the world talking to him. It's as though I have his undivided attention. But God can listen to me and you at the same time. And we can feel the same thing. Because he's strong enough for all of us to lean on. Thank God this morning that he's strong enough for all of us to lean on. He's our cornerstone. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this opportunity you've given us to stand, to preach, and proclaim your word. And we ask now, God, that you would, by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, speak in this place. Say something to our heart. Say something to our heart today. Encourage us today with this word and by your spirit. We are confident that you are able to lift us up no matter where we might be right now. And not just us in this room, but those who aren't with us today. God, you're able to lift us them up right now. Do it in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Stand and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll read verses 9 through 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 9 through 10. I, I want to say this uh, again. Two months ago, per the order, 
this series was laid out and I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is an intelligent spirit. Amen. Real quick, just look at your neighbor and tell them you came on the right Sunday. You came on the right Sunday. I don't know how God does this, but he does. This is the right Sunday. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 9 and 10 says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. You may be seated. Our subject today comes from the A clause of verse 10. I want to encourage us today. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, be yourself. <laughs> I love people who are not ashamed of who they are and are not afraid to be themselves. The sad truth is, some of us have seen some of us most of our lives and still have not met the real you. God uses us authentically as what he created us as. And I've discovered that in this life, we wrestle to be who we are. And if there is ever a place where we play the pretend game, it's at church. My prayer is that you would go into 2020 being who you are when you're not here. And not, not, not that sin-filled person. But the person whom God has accepted and saved by his grace. My prayer is that we would walk in that freedom to be who God saved us to be. We wrestle, we do, we wrestle with being ourselves and this scripture, 
15th chapter of 1 Corinthians shows us what this struggle looks like. Paul is dispatched to Corinth to establish a church there. Historically, we don't have his first letter. This first half of this epistle is actually the second letter that Paul writes to the Corinthian church. All right, all right, all right. He goes to uh, Corinth, stays about a year and a half, and then he leaves his protege, Timothy, there. You read that in Acts chapter 19. To preach to them, to develop them, and in course, about a year and a half later, they wrote him letters with questions concerning conduct, doctrine, and practice. And it is from this letter that Paul comes, observes them, and then writes what is known to us as the first part of Corinthians. All right. We All say right. it as first Corinthians. Right. When you read first Corinthians, it is definitely a pastoral epistle. It's uh, among the first to be written with that particular format. Paul leaves after writing this first half and then they write him again. And he writes them again, so we don't have the third letter to right. Corinth. What we have is the fourth, what we call Second Corinthians. All right, all right, all right. All right. Things have changed from his first letter to what is the last letter he writes to them because the Corinthian church didn't like Paul. They didn't like him. He, he was a correcting pastor. He was a doctrine dismantling preacher. He, he was a preacher that, that sought to push the uh, reset button on them as a church so that they could practice what are the elementary oracles of God and th that's why you hear so much lingo in Corinthians tied to the Old Testament because culturally they were divided and spiritually they were divided. And Paul came in disrupted and those who were powerful within the Corinthian church didn't stand Paul because his doctrine took their power. By the time you read 2 Corinthians, Paul in chapter 12 says to them that, that, that the more he pours into them, it seems like the more they hate him. And so Paul spends a lot of time in 2 Corinthians defending his apostleship and this defense of who he is begins in chapter 15. Of 1 Corinthians. He begins. Verses 3 through 8. By uh, sharing with them. 
and reminding them of this gospel that he has preached and he explains to them why he is an apostle by explaining the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He, he says that Jesus was seen by at least 500 witnesses and many of those witnesses, though they weren't alive by the time he writes this letter, there were still many who were. Talks about how he appeared to the remaining 11. Talks about how how uh, he uh, appeared before them after his resurrection. You can read that in verses 3 through 8. Uh, and if I had time, I would spend some time here talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Paul speaks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ not from some uh, made-up uh, uh, fantasy but he speaks of it as an as a historical event All right. that was substantiated and proven not by one person, not by three, but at least uh, five hundred and twenty persons. All right. Well, yeah. Amen. Yeah. For those of you who don't believe. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is literal record of people seeing Jesus, not only while he was dying, but also after he rose from the dead, saw him die, and then saw him as a living man. And, and, and I don't have this in my notes, but each of us ought to be thankful that we serve a Christ who has risen from the dead because that means every promise he made concerning the resurrection is true. That those who die in Christ shall also share in his resurrection. Glory be to God. Paul does this. And still yet, he's not accepted as an apostle. And so he begins to defend his apostleship. Yeah, all right. And it says something to us today about how we seemingly are stuck in this place of wanting to be affirmed. How do you seek affirmation? We seek affirmation of who we are often through outside sources that have nothing to do with our creation. We want to be affirmed at church. We want to be affirmed on the job. We want to be affirmed in our marriage. We want to be affirmed by our parents. We want to be affirmed by siblings, by friends, even friends we don't know on our cell phone, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, you know, those things. Amen. We seek to be, yeah, I mispronounced them on purpose. You'll catch up right now. We, we want to be affirmed and accepted and, and, and uh, uh, loved. And often the affirmation we receive from these sources only lasts but for so long. You get a promotion on the job and you enjoy that money for about six months and then you see someone making more money than you and then you become discontented all over again. You seek to be affirmed by someone you're married to and then they say something that you don't like and now you're mad at them. You seek to be affirmed by parents but parents 
die. They, they will forsake you. And when you don't have mom to say good job, Timmy. We don't have dad to say good, good, good job, Kim. Now you're lost. And there's a, a generation of foot even today that believes that, that everyone owes you a congratulations. Everyone owes you a pat on the back. And when you don't get it, it seems like your service, work, and dedication fails. And Paul is really no different. Paul is an apostle. But because of how he functions as one, he's not celebrated as one. All right. All right. James and John celebrated. Come on. Peter celebrated. Yeah. All, right. All of these great men of God, we read about them being miracle workers. Peter uh, uh, being perhaps the most prolific of the apostles whose shadow was able to heal. And here's Paul. Yeah. Having to preach to the biggest church of its time. Yeah. Pour out his soul to them and they can't stand them, nor do they believe that he is who he says he is. Paul's response isn't some knock on the head. He does not catalog the things that he's done for them. All right. He does not list in some prolific way what his past looks like so as to make himself look good. All right. Paul affirms who he is by this discourse and this conversation. Come on. He lifts up the grace of God. It's in verse 10, the A clause of that verse. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul understands that he is who he is because of grace. The first word in verse 10 is the word but. And if you read behind verse 9, you'll see that the but in Paul's life contends that in his flesh and with his past, he should not be an apostle. And he even says it. And so he lets them know, I'm not an apostle because I did everything right. I'm not an apostle because I crossed every T and dotted every I. I'm not an apostle because I obeyed every tenet in the Ten Commandments. I am who I am by the grace of God. And I want to talk to you today, Frank Church, because some of us, particularly those of us who are introverted and uninvolved, we don't like people who are extroverted and active. My Lord. And we assume that those who are extroverts and active in the body of Christ are part of some secret club in the church and that they are used because they are gifted. 
Let me tell you as a functional introvert that we are who we are. Whether we are active, inactive, whether we are loud or silent, whether we are involved or not, we are who we are because of one thing. The grace of the Lord. That, that word grace in the text is, is in the Greek, uh, it is the word caress. It is where we get the English word caress from. Paul is literally saying, while I was lost, God, through Jesus Christ, caressed me. That sounds so. While I was lost, Jesus opened up his arms and grabbed me and refused to let me go. That side slow too. I'll preach to the clock. Clock? That clock hangs on the wall and keeps on ticking. Because there is an invisible force that moves it because the hands on the clock can't move itself. If you are a child of God, if you're saved, if you are born again, here it is. You are who you are. By the grace. By the grace. Oh, the Lord. Paul blames nothing else for who he is but grace. So the question for us today is, if he is who he is because of grace, what is it that informs this grace upon him? He says it in verse 10. There's a sentence there. And this sentence is going to help us for the next three points in this sermon. The sentence says, but the grace of God, which was with me. It's the last phrase in verse 10. The grace of God was with me. All right. Paul affirms. That I am who I am because I'm not alone. And so I want to share with you how grace is with us. Number one, write this down. Grace is upon us. All right. Yeah. Grace is upon us. Yes, it is. Verse, verse, verse nine. Paul says he is the least of the apostles. Verse 8, he says uh, that he is uh, one born out of time. Mm -hmm. Paul understood his doctrine. He understood that in order to be an apostle, you had to have been appointed by Christ himself as an apostle. That it was not an elected office. It was an appointment by Jesus himself. And Paul understands that there were some who were appointed before him. And he's speaking of the 12 disciples. But we know that Paul, when his name was Saul, amen, he was then called out by Jesus while he was on his way to Damascus to persecute the church. 
And this is a pivotal moment in the life of Paul. Paul understands he, he, he got me, but he didn't get me like he got everybody else. Uh, I don't have this in my notes, but that's really a good place to shout. And that's why I love church, because some of us, yes, were led to Christ in Sunday school. But you learned about Christ with bullets flying over your head. You, you learned about him in church, but you discovered a knowledge of him, not in some holy place, but it was likely in a hellish place, in a hellish situation that you found out, oh, that's the one right there. While you were in ICU, while you were in jail, while you was on the street somewhere, didn't know where you were standing, but you will recognize Jesus when you saw him. upon us. The grace of God according to Paul's testimony predetermines our destiny and uses the events in our past to prepare us to live out his ultimate purpose for us. Paul understood that his designed life according to Saul's plan was to climb the Grecian Hebrew ladder of politics, religion, and sophistication. But his plans could not interrupt the plans that Jesus had for him. In fact, God used Paul's plans to bring Paul to where he needed to be so that Jesus could do in his life what he needed to do. I just said something. I'm telling you why you missed your cue. Here it is. You're forsaking every bad moment in your life, but you got to remember that everything that happens in your life will ultimately culminate to Jesus's destiny and design for your life. That's why Paul can say, we know that, that all things, they're not good, but they ultimately work towards the good. Do you understand what I'm saying? Paul understands that grace was with him before he knew what grace was. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's people sitting in this pew right now who, when they were out there, could not imagine that they would be listening to a preacher getting advice on what God has to say about their life because there was a time that you didn't believe none of this stuff. Like this, grace goes places we don't know grace goes. Yeah. 
Grace goes to the club. Grace goes to the crack house. Grace goes to a stranger's bed and keeps you to make sure that what you do doesn't interrupt God's plan for you. grace upon us. Secondly, write this down. We have grace within us. Grace within us. The grace of God helps us accept our eternal need for God by moving us towards an acknowledgement of our sinfulness. Look at verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Yeah. Interesting. Says this. Paul understands that as an apostle, he can't erase. Yeah. The truth about his past. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. The truth about his past is right here in this text. Yeah. He is the least of the apostles. Doesn't deserve to be one. Why? Because in verse 9, he persecuted the church of God. Says this to you and I. We can't fully live in the grace of God until the grace of God has led us to a full acceptance of everything we've done up to this point that was not of God. Ah, it is grace that is working in you so that the you right now can look at the you of yesterday and say, I know that person. Let me tell you about church. We look so good right now. Get ready for church. I mean, some, some of us take our time to get ready for church. There's a mistake about appearing a certain way, looking a certain degree of decency. I mean, that's what we do. We we do that. We call it church clothes. We we got clothes that we just wear to church. And we get this air of Discomfort. Oh Lord. Whenever we are challenged with the prospects of remembering who we used to be before we got saved and came into the fullness of God. Yeah. All right. Amen. Yes, but to really experience His grace, you gotta claim who you used to be. to brag about what you used to be. It's not looking back 
and saying how big you used to do but it's acknowledging that you at least used to do it but affirming that who you are now is different because the grace of God has not only made you put on church clothes but it has done something on the inside Reverend you're not telling the full story there are some of us in this room that don't want to look back at our past because it's painful to look back at our past it's embarrassing to look back at our past it's discomforting to look back at our past because who we used to be is often someone we're ashamed of and we want to hide them. But if it had not been for the person you used to be, there wouldn't be an opportunity for the grace of God to move actively inside of your heart. You have scars that prove you used to bleed, but the bleeding stopped, yet the scars remain. Don't you dare hide what God delivered you from. If you have a testimony, you ought to tell somebody that used to be me, but that's not who I am now because the grace of God has changed my life. I know that ain't for everybody, but maybe 20 people in this room. But if you can remember who you used to be and you remember who you used to be, you ought to thank God. took me 17 years to get it. And I think I was smarter than all of them. I mean, they, they were all scared of me, but it took me longer to get it. There's a point there. And here it is. I only have this in my notes. 
But some of you need to take your degrees off your walls when it comes right. to Jesus. How does Big Mama, with her eighth grade education, know that God will take care of every one of your needs and here you are with a PhD and don't even pray? My grandmama, something happening in my heart. My grandmom used to say, you ought to be smart enough to know a lot of things, but you ought to be dumb enough to know at least one thing. And there's one thing I know, and that's I've been born, born again. Grace working through us, here it is. He says, that grace doesn't pressure us to become church workers, but it inspires us to be poured out vessels. Paul, Paul understood that he was saved, watch this, not to serve, but to sacrifice. Paul understood that he was saved to be who he was for Jesus. And so he wanted to spend the rest of his life being himself his way for Jesus. It says it right here in this text. He says, I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul didn't make his life proof that he was an apostle by saying, you know what? I'm going to prove to y'all that he called me by outworking me. That would have been arrogance and pride, which would have done more to disqualify him as an apostle. Some of us, here's your faith. You think your faith is found in how much you do in the church. When often your faith isn't found in doing more, your faith is found in being still and doing less so that Jesus can do more. Paul just, he said, I, 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 I did more not because I wanted to prove that I was an apostle. All right. But I did more because I wanted to respond to grace right. And how was his response? Well, I'm going to be who I am for the cause of Christ for the rest of my life until I can do nothing else. Simple, I know you're looking for something deep. Well, I know you're looking for something that will hit you upside the head, and shout. But he wanted to live his life, his way for Christ until he had nothing left. The Corinthian church hated it, despised it. Yes, there was a fraction that that respected him. And this, this book survived as proof because someone kept the law, but in large part, they wanted a 
another preacher, but that didn't change Paul's mission. Paul, when he couldn't minister at a big church, he went to a little church in Macedonia. And when he got to the church at Philippi, he ministered to them in the exact same way because he understood that it was for God he would live and for God he would die. That's how we can live our lives, church. Living our lives not in competition with one another. But living in such a way so as to Display the very grace of God being upon us, operating in us, and, and, and ultimately working through us, not tiring us, but emptying us so that when we stand before our maker, he'll say these words, servant of God, well done. I know some of you don't, don't read scripture. You don't read scripture, but you listen to music. I know you listen to music. I, I got some hymn singing members, and then I got members like me. And there's a song written by a gentleman from the European persuasion, a gentleman by the name of Frank Sinatra. All right. Yeah. He says these words, and now the end is near. So I face the final curtain, my friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway. And more, much more than this, I did it my way. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew, but through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, and I stood tall. I did it my way. I've loved I've laughed and cried. I've had my fill, my share of losing. And now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think I did all that. And may I say, not in a shy way. Oh, no, oh, no, not me. I did it my way. Yeah. If Frank Sinatra can understand what it means to live as grace, as yourself, All right. how much more then should the people of God yeah. declare unto themselves, yeah. since I've been saved by the grace of God, you might not like it, but I'm going to be myself. Let us stand.